What up, Love Quest Nation? You are listening to an episode of our Thursday Night It Done Just Got Real Conversation series hosted by our founding and lead pastor, Pastor Terrence Richmond. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this hearty conversation. Quest. We want to welcome you. If it's your first time, you are in for a treat tonight, and uh, this is the best night you could have been in. Um, it's been very interesting leading up to this night. I think we've been talking about very juicy stuff. You just say the word sex, and everybody from from 10 years old to 100, something just happens to them. And I just, I've been wanting to talk about this topic for probably, since I've been in Canada, I've been wanting to talk about this topic, I think over two years. Um, and I remember I was preparing to do it. I remember talk, telling a few people we we're going to talk about this, this topic, but it just wasn't the right time. And I remember my wife the other night asked, was this the right time to talk about it? You know, we're in a pandemic and folks is home, we want to be, be uh, rallying people and getting them like, hurrah, hurrah, and <laughs> we want to get the get folks marching in and, and we want to keep things motivated. But one thing I will say about this church is it's not a somber church. I will say we, we for sure inspire, we prophesy, we full of joy. I think the platform in this house is set for a conversation like tonight. In preparation to this conversation, I felt the weight of others, like you watching and some of you here. I felt a lot of nervous energy from people, uh, a lot of worry. Um, there's also a spirit of of um, um, disassociation, right? What we're going to talk about tonight, there may be people in this room right now or watching, and to everybody else, you good, but within you have struggles. There may be some lines you haven't crossed, but the, but the thing is sitting there at the door waiting to take you out. I'm a pastor. I pay attention. I pay attention to the spirits that are on people in their pictures on social media when they're taking pictures with certain people, and I could tell it's a different, it's just different. I could tell when the enemy is just laying at the door waiting for the right moment. I could tell when someone renames something. They won't call it what it is. They'll just give it a new cultural name. And the beautiful thing is the word never changes, but our words do. So what we do throughout history to stay relevant, we change, we, we change names to stuff. And God's like, you can do all the changing you want to. At the end of the day, it is what it is. Right? A dog is a dog is a dog. And so tonight, I appreciate everybody for their prayers. I appreciate everybody for their amazing energy. Um, but one thing I want to say before I start is relax. Um, 
and hear God. One thing I told my wife when she just asked, and I thank God for her sifting me in a very healthy way um, to just make sure. Is this this the right time? I said more than ever it's the right time because the harvest is ripe. And we have to equip ourselves to minister to all nations. But also we can't go in the harvest prejudice and discriminating. We can't go into the harvest in fear. And I just, man, I'm so excited about whatever God is going to unveil tonight. But I, I need all of us to have ears to hear. Write your questions, send them, we'll have a moment. Some of you may be like, where's Pastor Julia? Don't worry about it. <laughs> she here. <laughs> she here. Um, you see her later. But I want you to take notes, but more than anything tonight, I want you to allow the Lord to speak to your spirit. I believe right in this moment, I believe tonight there's going to be some healing. There's going to be some deliverance and freedom. There's going to be some peace. Uh, confusion will be dissolved. Um, but I also want to tell you tonight's message is not about a group of people. It's about humanity. I wanted to start off tonight. First of all, Father, just I thank you that we are free from error tonight. I thank you that we still flow in, in your in revelation, Lord. And as I told someone earlier, these messages around there, there's been so many messages around this topic. There's been so many conversations. There have been the same scriptures used, Lord. I we don't have time for the same. We're asking that you unveil some fresh revelation. We're asking that you do something different in our hearts and in our ears, Lord. Ten years ago, we may not even been able to hear right, Lord, but I declare tonight we have ears to hear. I thank you, Lord God, that, that, that some mother's child is being set free, but also some parent is being set free and allowing you to be God. Lord, we realize that humans do not have the power. Only one human had the power in his blood to save man's soul, and that's it. Lord, may tonight through the word we, we, we take our rightful place. I thank you for quickening our spirit. I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, that by your spirit, repentance happens in this place tonight. And Father, we don't choose sides, we choose God's side. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Guide me. Use your servant. It's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. I thank you that your word will be declared boldly, uncompromisingly, unwavering. And we say thank you for the opportunity to have a conversation around your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, can you just give me a tiny bit more volume in my mic? Um, it is very important tonight that we all, like, really hear God. I want to make that very clear because a lot of times the moment we hear an audible voice, we shut down and miss the Spirit of God. 
and what he has to say on the wings of the audible voice. And so tonight I want to start off in a place, man, and um, I want to start off with this. One of the big topics is, for those that, 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 for those that are tuning in and you are coming in and you like, you thought you knew what we were going to talk about and you're like, tonight we're going to talk about homosexuality. Let me tell you something. We're not talking about a group of people. We're talking about a spirit. <laughs> we're talking about the love of God. We're talking about lifestyles. But I want you to understand, we're talking about humanity tonight. I believe tonight that there is going to be a paradigm shift in your thinking that will result in an increase of effectiveness when you witness. There's one big topic, for whatever reason, I want to I start off here, but there's one big question that we will not answer, I will not personally answer right away, but I will by the end of the evening. I'm asking if you're in here, stay the whole time so you have context. Don't leave when you hear something hard. One big question, you can go Google it. People ask, can you be gay and saved? Well, as I seek God's face, I believe the Spirit is, 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 is saying that I think that's the wrong question to ask. Because that's like saying, can you be a sinner and be saved? Can you be a heterosexual and be saved? Can you be a sex addict and be saved? Can you be a mom and be saved? Can you be a male and be saved? Can you be obese and saved? Can you be a drug dealer and be saved? Can you be a gossiper and be saved? Can you be a liar and be saved? Can you be a good person and be saved? Can you be a pimp and be saved? Can you be a murderer and be saved? Can you smoke cigarettes and be saved? Can you be lazy and be saved? Can you procrastinate and be saved? Can you, can you have anger issues and be saved? And I feel God's heart so heavy in pursuing some revelation. And Lord, I believe, first of all, is hurt by the way his church has handled his children. Because who are you to say, can you be gay and be saved when that wasn't how he approached you? The simple question is, and it's found, and it's weird that God led me to start off here tonight, but there was a man in the book of Acts who was a persecutor of Christians, and he encountered the presence of God and asked the question, what must I do to be saved? I think... I think we've been having moments of striking the rock for God to provide water when God said that's not really what I, how I wanted to communicate to my people because I'm not mad at them you're mad at them 
you're confused, you're frustrated with the people, but I'm not. But because I said I would provide water, I am going to allow water to come out of this rock, but not the way that I meant it to come out. So for me, as I sit here with the heaviness of the Savior is, on behalf of the church, I want to apologize to anyone, any family member, any child that has been hurt because of a real struggle. On behalf of the church, I repent for making it hard for you to hear God because my fears and ignorances were louder. My shame, not realizing how hard it must be for you to live in the body that you live in, I put my shame of being acquainted with you above the love that God has for you. When Jesus died publicly for all of us and despised his own shame, I want to start off tonight by repenting. Because we've been making you ask the wrong questions, which have caused you to walk in a, a spiral. And I believe like the man, at the, 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 the jailer, Paul and Silas just worship God. Their witness was, no matter how much you persecute me, I will serve the Lord and I will love you. And it was because of their worship unto the Lord, the walls came down. And without them having to say anything, this man ran to them and said, what must I do to be saved? And I believe sometimes we are too impatient with our own fears and ignorances that we don't allow grace to run the race for us. Acts 16, the jailer called for a light. When he saw that they were still in their cells, he rushed in and fell trembling at their feet. Then he led Paul and Silas outside and asked, what must I do to be saved? He didn't ask, can I still persecute you, be a persecutor of Christians and be saved? He didn't ask, am I the right sex? The right gender. He didn't run off his resume, nor did they make him do that. His resume of sin. He just asked a God-given question that I believe a lot of people are asking. Forget what I'm struggling with. What must I do to be saved? Or there's a group of people, quite frankly, that probably is not even on this call, will never watch it, that don't want to have nothing to do with Jesus, gay or straight. It doesn't matter. But there are people that honestly want Jesus. And we're telling them to change first. When none of our sins we would walk away from without receiving Jesus when? First, and then transformation came. 
How hard would it be for you to have changed then Jesus? We've been majoring in the right and wrong and minoring in preaching the gospel. We've been majoring on preaching God's heart towards homosexuality and not God's heart towards his children practicing, living, and desiring homosexual lifestyle. We just want to point to the scripture of where it's wrong. In the discussion, we're right. Change your life. And he go to verse 31 and it says, and here's the answer of the Christian. Here's the answer of the apostles. Here's the answer of the church. First word, Acts 16, 31, to answer what must I do to be saved. What did he say? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Give yourself up to him. Take yourself uh, out of your own keeping and entrust yourself into his keeping and you will be what? Saved. And this applies both to you and your household as well, right? These are little notes. You're not going to find these slides. We're going to get to the slides in a minute. Look, look. He says, Believe and then you will find yourself saved and your household. See, when we're running people off, we're not just running them off. We're also in the way of the household. We're in the way of the bloodline. And they declared the word of the Lord. The doctrine concerning the attainment through Christ. Look what they preached. How to be saved. They didn't preach how to be transformed. They preached how to be saved because. Hmm. Verse 33. And he took them the same hour. The same hour of the night and bathed them because of their bloody wounds. And he was baptized immediately. And all the members of his household. He went from persecution, persecutors of Christians, to being saved, to being baptized. Saul went from encountering Jesus on the way to kill Christians, to receiving Jesus, to being filled with the Holy Spirit, to then following Jesus. To being transformed. I think we've been pointing people to the right direction. But we've given them the wrong directions to the destination. Tonight we're dealing with this conversation of. Conversation is very important. I want you to understand conversation. You'll have time to ask questions. Express frustrations. Get prayer. It's a conversation. Off top, I am a born-again believer. The only right that I have to share the gospel with you is based on what I believe Jesus says. I have to preach what Jesus says. That's it. And then there's this thing called revelation. 
And then these, there's these areas where, like, Jesus didn't, Jesus don't tell people it's not black and white. And then his sons get the privilege of hearing the father's heart, not the father's opinion. And a lot of times we communicate our opinion as though it's God's heart. No matter what we were born with or without, we all must be born again to even begin the quest back to our divine origins. I advise every last one of you to watch the last two weeks as we unveiled and talked about sex and marriage and its meaning. No matter what we were born with or without, and let's be honest, we all were born with some deficiencies. Something was off in all of us. Because Psalm 51.5 says, Lord, I have been a sinner from when? Birth. <laughs> so for us to point to a group of people and say, you're sinning. Well, welcome to the club. You ain't so unco you ain't so covered. You got the right to uncover people. Lord, I have been a sinner from birth from the moment my mother conceived me. Mind you, before you were formed in your mother's womb, you were not a sinner. Before I was formed in my mother's, mother's womb, I, he says, I knew you. I fearfully and wonderfully made you. Before I formed you in your mother's womb. I perfectly made you. Before, and we read in Genesis where that before began. But the moment you were born on the other side of heaven... You were born in sin. All humans sinners. Just land foundation. 2 Corinthians 5, TPT. I'm going to start at verse 14. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us. Because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. Let's lock in. He, he's given his life for who? All of us. This means all died with him. All died with him. What makes you think he died for you before you changed, but you can't accept him until you change? He died for you before you changed. But the qualification is you change before you accept him. <laughs> so that those who live, this means all died with him. So that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that, lives that are poured out from, for him, the one who died for us and now lives again. So then, from now on, 
we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearance. For that is how we once viewed the anointed one. That's why they persecuted him. Because they looked, at on, looked on his humanity. But no longer do we see him with limited human insight. He, he, he's, he's trying to tell Tonight, this isn't just eyes to S-E-A, but literally eyes to see. He said we no longer evaluate people merely by their outward appearances, expressions, defects. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one. But no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Therefore, no longer do we see people with limited human insight, which means we have to see people how he sees people. Now we get to, therefore, if anyone, any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a what? New creation. Look at what this means. A new creature altogether. I don't know about you, but I wasn't engrafted the first day I said yes to Jesus. <laughs> and I sure wasn't displaying new creature. It is a process of regeneration that all of us have took that are going through this walk day by day our spirit is becoming newer and newer but what he's telling us is the person that is engrafted you are a new creation a new creature altogether the old previous moral and spiritual condition has what? Passed away. And what you have to understand is that is true right now. But the seeing of it has to happen by faith and then the manifestation will take place. The first day I received Jesus, all this, I was a new creature. But if you was watching me from a distance, for sure I wasn't a new manifested creature. Some of y'all I'm watching still cussing. Saved. Still smoking, still drinking, still anger, still withholding sex from your, your spouse. Still gossiping and in leadership. New creature. So you can't possibly be a gossiper and messy and have arrived to the new creature he says you are. Yeah, by faith we are. How you doing today? Blessed and highly favored? Depending on who asks. But if it's a really close friend, I might say, come into the office. Man, I'm really going through it. 
But by faith, I know I am blessed and highly favored. I know I am blessed from the head and not the, I'm the head and not the tail, blessed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I know all of those things. I know life and death is in the power of the tongue. I know to speak those things. But we can't be so by faith that we can't be any good to the people who have not arrived to that place. But it's our job who have arrived that we see them just how Christ sees us in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Look, look, look. Has passed away. These are one of them topics, see, on that. Um, I have already come to the conclusion you're not going to please everybody either way. They say... The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has arrived. Right? But pay attention. The fresh and the new is still knocking on some of y'all doors. It's arrived, but it's still on the doorbell. Ding dong. Anybody fresh new here? Fresh new arrived. Ain't going nowhere. Fresh new because fresh new been sent. Fresh new, and you like, nope, want old stank. I want old stank. Fresh new here whenever you want. <laughs> Fresh new have arrived. In the Bible, I forget where it is in Ephesians, says, put on the new man. Other day, we, we, got, we got a little shirt in the mail. Fresh new. Got it out the mail. Opened the box. Woo, fresh new, nice. But I didn't want to wear fresh new. I put on my old shirt. Fresh new still at the house. But fresh new is mine. I paid for it. It's mine. Anyone come in there and take my fresh new is a thief. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy fresh new. That's my shirt, but I choose daily what I want to put on. The Bible says daily, put on your new man. Take off the old. How do you expect someone who is so in the dark, is it easy to put on the fresh new or just accept the redemptive work of Jesus until you get the re fresh revelation. Man, I've been fresh new. I ain't get fresh new when I was first saved. Fresh new. That wouldn't even be fair because it's tw 12 year olds that could receive Jesus. Huh. And God has made all things new. Who made all things new? Hold on. Who made all things new? Pre change. He made all things new before when I was in the club. Dylan, when you was throwing back them brews, he made all things new while you was brewed. God made all things new, Michael. Not your good acts. Matter of fact, your good acts is nowhere near his good and his new. What he says is take your good off and put on my good or put on my new. Your best good ain't clean enough. Reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry 
of reconciliation. Given the sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, got their life all together, the ministry of bringing people back to Jesus. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world. Ooh, Bernadese, he didn't say it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the church. God was shepherding the world. For God so loved the world. <laughs> Not even keeping records. And some of you on this phone, this is where you got to repent. You've been keeping too many records. <laughs> Tonight, burn the records. Because the same grace that's on you is on your child. And if you can't extend it the same way Jesus, he said, love them how I loved you. <laughs> Which means you don't bring up to remembrance. You don't make it hell for them to exist in their struggle. It's a struggle. Why you at and struggle? Oh, I know some people's minds is like, no, you got to stand. No, I'm standing on the word. Oh, don't stick, stick around. We, we, the Bible says divide the word right, rightfully divided and skillfully. You can't just pick a passage that supports your fears and ignorances and then experience freedom. Look what it says. Ministry of opening the door. Opening the door. You see this, Danielle? You see this? Open the door. Our job is to open the door. Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. You're not the one on the other side of the door. Your job is to greet people into the family of God. Amen. Not check their ID. This ain't a club. It's a family. All ages. All nations. They just have to be willing to accept the house they walking in. They have to be willing to accept the host. We're ambassadors. We represent the anointed one. We speak for the anointed one. And that's why the Lord was like, nah, I didn't want you to strike the rock. I sent you to speak on my behalf and you're expressing anger. And I'm not angry. I'm compassionate. My anger is against the enemy, not my child. If you're really mad, get mad at the enemy and get a prayer life. Get a prayer life. Serve. Sow. Wage war for your family. But don't wage war against your family. As though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. 
as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of the anointed one to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf, turn back to God and be reconciled to him. It's very tough when you're telling people to turn back or to change before they turn back. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us. He became sin for the one that you are telling to turn back. Therefore, keep going. So that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. What must I do to be saved? And then what must I do to be transformed? Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You don't got to renew your mind to be saved. But you do got to renew your mind to be transformed. You do got to renew your mind to walk in the image of Jesus Christ. All lifestyles outside of the will and the purpose, the design, and the plan of God is just as dangerous as the coronavirus. All lifestyles. And this is what I said at the top. You can't be mad at me or, what, or anyone that is standing on what the word says. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And I do bow down to the word of Jesus Christ. But I press into the heart of God to know what he is trying to say to you and to the world today. Today, it is a different day. The word doesn't change. How we reach people, if we are going to be effective, we got to know when and where to throw the nets. We have to be skillful fishermen. All lifestyles outside of the will, purpose, design, and plan of God is just as dangerous as the coronavirus. We, we have just as much evidence that life outside of an unseen holy God has just as many, if not more, immediate and long-term deadly results as the results we get of being in contact with a deadly unseen virus called corona. What am, I, what am I saying by this? Now I'm speaking to people who is worried about even preaching the gospel, preaching this message. Is that, man, do you realize how much we are obeying people? We don't, we ain't seen the virus. You can't see the virus. But folks is trusting a government and saying the repercussions of getting this virus and you are staying home, you losing your job, and you angry at people, that's outside. But you're willing to allow someone who is living a certain lifestyle not hear the repercussions of the lifestyle. We'll be passive on that. 
See, when I approach this, the Lord says, everybody has to have the conversation. Because even believers in their approach is being sinful. Phobia is sinful. Prejudice is sinful. Why is it easier to follow the government's safety precautions and instructions of a plan to preserve life than it is to follow the king's safety precautions and instructions of a plan to give life and life in abundance? Now, we're talking to everybody. You that is struggling, but I'm also talking about anyone according to the word that is struggling with a sin issue, that is embracing a lifestyle of sin. Based on the many areas that the word talks about it. We're going we to shoot straight, but we also going to make sure you got the plank out your eye. Because the Lord says we can judge. But he says the first thing you must do, if you're even going to judge correctly, is take the plank out of your eye. We have a group, we, we, it's so easy. It's so many people, look, heterosexual and homosexual and any other kind of sexual, they are so obedient to the law of the government right now. They judging you, Christians. But when it comes to obeying the word, when it comes to tithing and giving, when it comes to, come to having a church home, they, 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 they loose with that. It's easier for all of us, you with me, it's easier for all of us to say we were born with or without something or go along with how we feel than to confront our contradictions and afflictions through a word that we must surrender to and a God we can't see but must know. It is so much easier to say I was born this way. So much easier to say, man, I have, uh, I was born in addiction. It was so much easier to accept the diagnosis of ADD than to confront ADD, confront any disease, confront any lifestyle that's contrary to the life of God, the word of God, the promises of God, and confront it, confront the contradictions. As the word says, anything that exalts itself against the word of God, bring it and hold it captive. It's so much easier to let it just parade in our lives. And then what do we do? We find excuses and even scriptures. We'll find one scripture about David and Jonathan. One. To support. We'll say God didn't say that in the Bible. Well, he didn't say don't do heroin, but I don't think he was a heroin addict. It's just like when you're dating. You probably shouldn't say everything on the first few dates. Because there should be a pursuit. God's not going to divulge everything. They say, why do you tell everything in mysteries? Yeah, son's going to seek. God's calling you to seek and pursue. It's not going to be just written on the page. You're going to have to pursue the Lord for clarity. 
And that's why some of us haven't received the answers and clarity because we're not pursuing God. We're pursuing, we're trying to build a case for our sin. So we'll find the few scriptures that support. Same thing with drinking. We'll find the few. Well, Jesus turned water into wine. But he also had a bunch of people that, did, that was told not to drink for an amazing reason. Have you pursued those scriptures? Oh, we're going to talk about drinking in, this, in, in here too. Not tonight. But this, it didn't just got real. Let me tell you, alcohol is tearing up families just as much as Corona is. Hebrews 4, follow me. I got to make up some time. This you have to understand. Again, I want to read this one more time. It's easier. Or why is it so easy for all of us to say we were born with or without something? Or, you know, dad wasn't there. Mom wasn't there. I was born in an abusive situation. How long are we going to cling to these deficiencies? It's all a part of sin. You weren't born into a jacked up family. You were born into a family that was born into a jacked up situation. They were born in the sin. Nobody had a shot when they was born. It's easier for all of us to say we were born with or without something or go along with how we feel than to confront our contradictions and afflictions through a word that we must surrender to. See, we don't want to surrender. And a God we can't see but must know, man, the word, look at the word. Hebrews 4 tells us the word is living, sharpened into any, any two-edged sword. It will penetrate the very core of your being where soul and what? Spirit. It will deal with the lack of hormones or the, the, or the, the overload of, or it will deal with the deficiencies in your life. The word has the ability, just as neuroplasticity has, to transform your life, but you have to give Give God and his word and the spirit of God a chance. And you see the process of regeneration. That's why we can't turn people off by judging them and pushing them away. We do stand on the word, but God will give you a skillful way. Look how he talked to the woman with the woman with, uh, uh, with, called in adultery. He could have easily been like, hey, what did he say? Just go and sin no more. And he wouldn't have told her to go and sin no more if she didn't have the ability. But the only way she could go and sin no more is if she decided to go and follow him. The same grace that saved you is the same grace that's going to change you. Look at Ephesians 5. So that he might sanctify her. This is the Bible, you guys. Talking about marriage between a man and a woman so that he might sanctify her having, her, having cleansed her. This is how you cleanse her. By the washing of water with the word. As a husband, I got a job to not just, just sweet talk my wife. Unless it's, you know, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, Julia. That's word. That's the word. That's still sweet talk. But I got to speak the word over her. I got to prophesy over her. And the Bible says, I am cleansing her. That's why I'm the priest of my household. As Jesus is the priest of the church. 
that he might present the church to himself in glorious splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such things that she might be holy on the day the listen the day you got saved if you was without spot or blemish you would have just dropped dead as soon as you said Jesus come into my heart it's a process he's coming back for a bride without spot without wrinkle or without blemish what did he said the process of regeneration is through the washing and cleansing of the word. We're trying to change people by condemnation and conviction. When's the last time your convictions swiftly made you change? In this room, when's the last time have you done the last thing God told you to do? So if conviction alone was going to transform you, you would have been transformed. But there's some things that you continue to be stubborn with God about. And let me tell you, every obedient act leads to, an, to a manifestation of transformation. <laughs> you go in that bathroom and start putting on makeup. Even if we call you out and interrupt you, a part of your face is going to look new. <laughs> it's a process. That's why he said beautiful bride. We, we ain't coming to Jesus with running makeup and one heel on and, 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 and the toe out the stockings and all that. We can't do that. That's why the Lord takes his time with the process. But let me tell you, before you got beautiful, you was his bride. Amen. Titus 3 says, he saved us not because of any works. Of righteousness that we had done, but he, because of his own pity and mercy by the cleansing bath of the new birth, regeneration, and renewing look of the Holy Spirit. So it's not just the word that brings transformation, but it is a spirit-filled believer. <laughs> no, we're going to get to it. Can I be blank and saved <laughs> I was saved look it, it's so much in, in the dividing of the word listen you guys Jesus if being saved was enough for transformation and change and impact Jesus would not have told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem to receive the Holy Spirit don't care what you're being delivered from without the Holy Spirit you will not see the full transformation of who God intended you to be and that's why there's such a fight against being filled with the Spirit because <laughs> the Spirit is what the Spirit of truth <laughs> yeah go tell your people to come because we just we gonna run a little bit over time for sure No one. First John 3, look. No one born of God. Say no one. no one. Deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices what? Sin. For God's nature, God's nature abides in him or her. What? His principles of life, which means the origin of how things work, 
and created and how they were meant to run. We went over that these last two weeks. Be fruitful, multiply. To be fruitful, he created man and what? Woman. And he cannot practice sinning. He cannot, he, sh- he cannot, he or she cannot practice sinning. Why? Because he or she is born of God. Regeneration. Now, I don't think none of us was acting like God's children when we received Jesus the first day. The first year, even some of y'all, the fifth year, you were still acting like the devil's child. Some of y'all, the 20th year, your old self, still acting like the devil's child. We can't just walk around and just be like, I'm saved because, yes, we're saved and by faith, but you have the ministry of reconciliation. That's why I see why God chose Saul to be Paul, because Paul could be all things to those because he understood what it was like to be completely lost and experience the presence and transforming and regenerating power of God. I can't use some sanctified, super filled with the Holy Ghost, always been saved, super saved and, and, and looking with this plank in AI. Anyone, homosexual or heterosexual, willfully practicing what God says is sin is not living a life of God, our Father, or our Creator. Of God. You're not. Any, any. Now, maybe I'm jumping ahead of myself again. But we're also not asking the right questions. Because there's a difference between homosexuality behavior and same-sex attraction. We stone people because of same-sex attraction. Nothing wrong with you being attracted to the other person. Huh? Look, look. When I look at when I look at Adam uh, Swain, why your eyes get big, boy? <laughs> look, look, young man, I look at Pastor Dylan, I look at Michael, I look at, man, Caleb, I look at, and listen, you can't tell me when you go out with a, with a bunch of your friends and y'all beautiful, you ain't proud to be with some, with some people that's attractive, how many people look through magazines? My wife always like, wow, she is beautiful. And women can have this little bit of relationship with women. It's like, oh, my God, you're so beautiful. And some of y'all be doing too much. Because at some point you grown. But then the man, because culture tells us that if you have a on your voice and you a man, if you, if, if, if you have feminine ways as a man, you're not a man. And as a child, they begin to call you names. And we haven't created a culture to let you know that a man can be feminine and be heterosexual. <laughs> a man can be into fashion and be a heterosexual. A man cannot have a necessarily a deep tone, but any type of any type of ways or characteristics or things that speaks to feminine. Or then a girl can't play basketball 
and you don't think she's a lesbian. She can't have a deeper voice and you don't think she's... She can't wear pants and she, she can't shave her head and you think... And what we got to understand is we have to understand a lot of how we've come to where we are is due to the cultures we live in. We'll get to that if we have time. I'm crazy thinking I'm going to get through 97 uh, slides. Um, but what we have to understand is I think we're asking some of the wrong questions. And we could just be having a great time. We are bringing tension in our homes just because our child is attracted to the same sex. And then we do go cross over into, okay, sexual behavior with the same sex, heterosexual or homosexual or whatever the lifestyle is. Regardless, if you believe in Jesus, you have to approach sex and marriage the same way Jesus said it is. Therefore, the purpose of sex, the purpose of marriage, you still have to handle it the same way. That's why we say if you're just not a follower of Jesus, we're not even talking to you. We, we're preaching to you, but this, this, this idea is that only heterosexuals can be saved. And, and you have same sex. And again, I'm not giving my answer or nothing. I'm preaching. I'm, 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 I'm creating a conversation for us. I got a firm answer. But we're not going to box me in or nobody else in without hearing the full counsel of the word of God. You, God is waging war. He has defeated darkness, the spirits behind a person, a thing, the thing that people are struggling with. And then on the flip side, if I was born with a propensity to, to have sex, with every fine woman I come in, come in contact with. Would that then lend me the excuse? Would you guys say that's okay because I was born that way? It's just an honest question. Things we have to think about on both sides. For, I want to make clear, there's no sides. Saved or unsaved, heterosexual or homosexual, you're God's child. He loves you. But these are real questions, just like we're going to talk in here about race, right? There's, there's conversations we got to have as a church. God put us to love our neighbor church is to have tough conversations in love with skill, not just communicate feelings. We're asking them to not respond to their feelings, but all we doing is expressing our feelings. Anyone practices anyone. The goal for us can't be undo the sin. You ready? The goal cannot be undo the sin. It has to become undone by the love of God. <laughs> hey, hey, Pastor Daniela, look. The goal can't be undo sin. Because he's already undid it. He's already dealt with it. 
He didn't make us his ambassadors to do his job. We're representing his work. Goal for us can't be undo the sin. It has to be be become. It has to be become undone by the love of God. We are so busy running from His face, we can't hold His hand. Talking to humanity. So busy running from His face. We can't even hold his hand long enough to develop the trust that will lead to the transformation. Man, you better shut your mouth. The Lord even desires to develop trust before transformation. <laughs> How many unsaved folks he healed? And then they were like, now I know. Wow, you really are. <laughs> but we're putting opinion before signs and wonders. So busy running from his face. And running people from his face. That they can't even see his hand. They just see our face and hear our mouth. They hear our fear. They hear our ignorance. Isaiah 6 says this. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who cried, Dylan. And the house was filled with glory. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone and ruined because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king. The job is that they see Jesus, not his ambassadors. Peter drops the net and falls on his face because Jesus, even after he denies him three times, Jesus provides for he and his family. The woman who was at the well who had five husbands. See how he handled her with so much grace. Look, he stood on the word, but his love was un... He said, now, now, now see, we was cool just talking about water. Now you want to lie. Let me, you have five husbands, okay? Let's, let's, stay, let's stay focused. Let's stay focused. And you have a right to stand on the word. But not in place. Like the word can't be your baton. It can't be your switch. says you've seen the king the lord of hosts homosexual behavior and lifestyle versus same-sex attraction there's no sin in attraction or temptation (laughs) 
But James 1 says, if you keep on sitting, then it bursts to sin. So it's not safe for you to engage and embrace the lifestyle of anything that God has called immoral or against his will or anything that God deems as sin. <laughs> but to punish people, my son, <laughs> mama caught his little phone last night, a little Kai Kai, heck of funny, not Micah. But Micah, this boy over there got caught in conversation, Malachi. Got caught in a conversation online with, with some girl. They're just like, you think I'm funny? You like my hair? <laughs> I'm telling on him. Telling on him and all his aunties and uncles. And I'm sitting there, mom's going through it. I'm like, do your thing. And I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm disciplining him, but I'm like, also he 12. And there's these hormones that's growing and he's feeling himself and little hairs is starting to grow in places that he being aware of and he, he getting taller and a little deeper voice. And the same thing with females there. Malia the other day was, was, was whole day planning her wedding. So I'm, 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 talking, to, I'm talking to Malachi. I'm like, bruh, I'm like, that's heck of lame, bruh. I'm like, you misrepresenting the bloodline. For sure, if I'm the interruption, you about to, you about to hit a U-turn on the bloodline, bro. <laughs> I'm like, nah, let me tell you now, you handsome, you funny, you, you cute, you everything, you strong, but you, don't, you are a leader. And the moment you look for validation from the people you're called to, that's called to follow you, the blind is beginning to lead the blind. <laughs> so we just took his phone and we like, look, I get it. You, you, you 12, all good. We're going to take that phone. Why? So you're not sitting there because next thing is pictures. Your little showing off your little tin hairs. I'm like, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. And I'm like, but 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 I'm like, as a child, as a parent, what do you do? You watch when we watch those movies. And mom, why did you take me at ten to see Boys in the Hood? And then we there, and you're going to cover my eyes. Right? But what she's doing is, son, you can't. The visual is a seed that then begins to germinate in your heart and suggests you walk down this path and you begin to try to discover that's the even Adam in us, Adam and Eve in us. And so just in the bare innocence of, of attraction and temptation, all of us in this room is tempted. Look at your neighbor. Don't even say nothing. They was tempted today. And tell your neighbor with your nasty self. <laughs> <laughs> 
say to your neighbor, you're nasty. So, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> look, look, look. Your, your na- look, 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 look. Your, we, we have to have grace because when's the last time God, mad at, God got mad at you because of a thought or a feeling? But he urged you to deal with the thought, deal with the feeling before it gives birth to an action. And then now the fruit is based on the action, not the thought. Sin is the acting upon the nature and desires of the flesh. There is no sin in attraction or temptation. We read Romans 1. I want to go to Romans 7. When we were living in the flesh, mere physical lives, the sinful passions that were awakened. Let me see if I can read, read, make up some time. The, the sinful passions that were awakened and aroused up by what the law makes sin were constantly operating in our natural powers. Uh, 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 Effie and Dan- Danny, come up here. Get a song together. It don't have to be much, but I, want, I feel like just a little um, something upbeat. Natural powers in our bodily organs. You following me? In the sin, look. Uh, sinful passions that were awakened, awakened. We was all innocent. And then some, whoop, that one little touch, that one little kiss. We got aroused, we got aroused up. What the law makes sin. We're constantly operating in our natural powers, in our bodily organs, in the sense, do you see this? In our bodily organs. hormones. I was born with this deficiency and not enough of this and not enough chromosomes are here, not enough this and this. When you deal with disease, bodily organs. And when you deal with, listen, DNA. Listen. The DNA began with Adam and Eve and that that sin in the DNA was passed on. That's why we needed another Adam. That had a pure DNA. And that's why when you put the word in you, it is the life of the flesh because the word became flesh so that he could put the word in our mouths. And it then translate literally into our DNA, into our minds, the neuroplasticity as we renew our minds. Man, I'm telling you, you actually become a new creature. (laughs) The appetites and wills of the flesh so that we bore fruit fruits for death but now we are discharged from the law and have terminated all intercourse with it oof intercourse with the law having died to what once restrained and held us captive because the great the ten commandments was never put there as a goal to to obey it was put there so that we understood what sin was. It's like you can't expect me to stop on a corner if there ain't no stop sign. You can't give me a ticket for that. Can't give me a ticket if the meter is broken. So now we serve not under obedience to the old code, 
of written regulations, but under obedience to the promptings of the Spirit in newness of life. So whatever we are born with, whatever we are struggling with, whatever mental, whatever physical, whatever natures we struggle with, unless we walk in the spirit of life, we will never even give God a chance or his word to prove that I was born a different, I was created a different creature than the creature I was born. That's why we go to Romans 1.25, don't go there now, but we went there last week when it talked about how man got to, because we walked away from the truth, we fell into all these different sins and behaviors, and all that stuff got in our DNAs. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt if you was born a certain way, but you weren't created that way. <laughs> how you were born is not how you was created. That goes for everybody. You were born in sin, but you weren't created sinful. God didn't create anything sinful. But you were born in sin. <laughs> Help us, Lord. You ever make a cake? You created it according to... But that thing came out unservable, unservable. You created it the way it was supposed to be created. But rather temperature, rather somebody was jumping around, rather the oven broke, something was off that caused it to come out different than how it was put in. Just quickly, I'm going to walk back on. Just up, whatever you feel, whatever you tickled by right now. Oh, don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. It's just three minutes.
for some new, new paradigm chip for you what this is used for a lot of people this is used this is how we do it see we tell everybody that's about to be mentioned here you will not get to heaven but it says it's right here right pastor Dylan says Practice evil cannot possess God's kingdom realm. Please follow. Stop being deceived. Thinking you can practice evil and possess God's kingdom realm. People who continue to engage in sexual immorality. People who what? Continue. Say continue. continue. Did it say people who have sex one time? Does it say people who stole? People who continue to engage in sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, sexual perversion, homosexuality, fraud, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse. There's some saved folks who are verbally abusive. There's greedy saved folks. And you right in this same Category. Or extortion. These will not inherit God's kingdom realm. Uh. 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 Yeah, yeah, I want, I want y'all to catch this. Surely, for sure, bet you must know. That people who practice evil. So we are talking lifestyle. If you're a lifestyle criminal, you will not possess God's kingdom realm. Don't be deceived. People who continue to engage in sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, sexual perversion, homosexuality. And I want you to understand, people who commit adultery that are heterosexual, like in God's eyes, I want you to understand, fraud, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse, lying, manipulation is verbal abuse as well. Or extort, you know you can verbally abuse somebody without cussing? Or extortion, 
these will not inherit God's kingdom realm. Say God's kingdom. Come on, everybody. Say God's kingdom. Next verse. It's true that some of you once lived in this life, those lifestyles. Hallelujah. But now, you, but now you have purified from what? Sin made what? Holy. You was made holy. You, you don't act holy. You was what? Made holy and given a perfect standing before God all because of the what? Power of the name of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, and through our union with the Spirit of God. Oh, y'all ain't seen nothing yet. I'm about to blow some wigs back. So we just read that anybody who practiced these lifestyles will not possess or inherit the kingdom of God. Next verse. Everything is permissible. It's allowable and lawful for me, but not all things are helpful, good for me to do. Expedient and profitable when considered with other things. Everything is lawful for me, but I will not become the slave of anything or be brought under its what? Power. Just because you feel it, just because you was born a certain way, just because you uh, uh, were born in a messed up family, just because anything does not necessarily mean like you could do it, you're free to do it, but it doesn't mean it, it is um, helpful. It doesn't mean it is bringing God glory. It doesn't mean, look, sometimes you don't see the damage of a thing until way later down the line. Practicing these lifestyles and behaviors will keep us out of the kingdom of God. If that's not what it said, don't say nothing. But if that's what it said, give me an amen. amen. One more amen. amen. Two claps. Come on, two claps. Five emojis of any kind. Y'all read this. Let me help you because we throw this around. Can I, can I help you get free? Ask by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. He say, no one who is homosexual, no one who practices uh, 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 verbal abuse, any of these this sexual immorality of any kind, no one will inherit the kingdom of God. Is that what it said? Asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come. This is what he replied, Dante. The kingdom of God does not come with signs to be observed or with visible display. Nor will people say, look, here it is. Or see, it is there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you, in your heart, and among you, surrounding you. Paul says it like this, this, this great treasure inside of me. So let's look at the scripture again when he says, if you practice these lifestyles, you will not inherit the kingdom. 
Well, he couldn't be possibly talking about heaven. Because he says, the kingdom of God is here. Huh, well, your sin can't keep the blood away from you or off you, but it for sure can keep you from inheriting the kingdom of God within you, that great treasure, that sonship, that freedom, that peace, that joy, that uninterrupted love, that, that all the treasure, the promises of God, the, the power, the, 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 uh, the, the miracles, the, all that when a person inherits the kingdom of God, you walk in authority and power. Why? Because if you live these lifestyles, you always have your flesh and spirit warring. Therefore, Galatians says that because your flesh and spirit is at war, you never walk in freedom. So if you're satisfied with living a lifestyle, you've received Jesus, but you want to live a lifestyle, you're just going to have to wait to get to the other side to experience heaven. But why would you want to live in a world full of torment and darkness when you can have heaven on earth right now? Your feelings is robbing you from your creator. says it right here he says you're not going to be able to say that the kingdom of God is there yeah we're going there but there is not the kingdom of God heaven is not a kingdom <laughs> it's like calling air a kingdom or it's like the kingdom of God is a, a literal kingdom it is a pr these pr principles there's this the, this life there's this the, it is a kingdom just as much as there's kingdoms literally on earth that's why the kingdom of God needs a location heaven doesn't have a location it's an atmosphere that can't be penetrated it is with God in an atmosphere of eternal life but the kingdom of God needs a residence. And if you want to live lifestyles that's contradictory to the kingdom, you can't have the kingdom abiding in you. Full counsel, full counsel. Nor will people be able to say, look, there it is. He said, man, it's in your hearts. The kingdom of God is in your heart. And you've been free from condemnation, but because of the lifestyle you choose, you've chosen to bunk up with condemnation. The law of the flesh. When you choose to live by the flesh, you allow condemnation to abide. It, condemnation has a right to live in your life when you live by the flesh. Because living by the flesh is living by the law. So God's like, man, I'm your father. It hurts me that you're underachieving. Because one, your standards are too low. Your standards is happiness on earth. 
earthly riches. We must understand where our conflict stems from. Really quickly, you with me? Three lenses. They're sociological, there's theological, and there is relational. Or if we could say there is, yeah, 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 there, there's sociological, theological, and relational. Check this conversation out with Dr. Rabbi. Goes way in depth, but this is so powerful. For us to understand where conflict comes from and is why we're butting heads on this issue. Where in the theonomis, the, help me out, babe, theonomis, theonomis is a culture governed by God and the people are subject to God's authority. Theo meaning God, nomis meaning law. It would mean that we live in a culture or a country that everyone abides by the word of God. Is that our culture? And then you go to heteronymous. Heteronymous, there we go. That is a place, a culture that's dictated by the leadership at the top. It's dictated by certain religions. It's a dictatorship. You got to wear this. You got to wash your hands this way. You, and everyone does it. And we know countries and places and kingdoms like that. Hetero is other, another, different of the two. So I don't run things. Someone else runs it. But it's related to man. Are we in that kind of country or culture? No, you are if you, you're in, you're, you're in both if you are in the kingdom of God. But that's not the culture we're called to be ambassadors in. And then you have autonomous. It's where you have the freedom to govern. It's, you have, we have the freedom to govern ourselves or control our own affairs. Auto means self. I think we could all agree that's our culture. We have the freedom to develop our own ideas. And this is where we have conflict. In your household, you are trying to be heteronymous to your children, and they're autonomous. You're trying to dictate to them their ideas and what they think in this new day. It's different. That pushes kids away. That pushes families apart. It tears culture, society. It tears churches apart. And in a family, you got jacked up people on Thanksgiving with good people or whatever. And God's family doesn't look like all of you. Don't think that his family consists of only you. There's the prodigal sons. You wouldn't be frustrated if you understood, man. We have surrendered our lives, allowing the Spirit to dictate. Therefore, we're subject to the dictates of the Spirit. We were once subject to the dictates of our flesh. But now that we're free from our flesh, we can't push our dictator on people. It's our job to tell them how loving our dictator is. 
And our dictator isn't Hitler. But that's how we sell them. Galatians 5 says, for, their desi for the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit, and desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh. You see this where the conflict comes from. And you keep going in, in verse 5, um, and it talks about the flesh warring against the Spirit. Therefore, we're not walking in freedom. And it talks about the works of the flesh, the immorality, impurity, and indecency, the idolatry, the sorcery, the enmity, the strife, the jealousy, the anger, ill temper, selfishness, divisions, dissensions, party spirit, factions, sex with peculiar opinions, heresies, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God once again. But then it goes on, but the fruit of the Spirit. I don't know about you, but there's a long time some of us practice some of these posts, yes, Lord. But did you inherit the kingdom of God? Were you walking in the joy you walk in today? Were you walking in the freedom? You, do you see what the kingdom of God is? You were saved, but you can never access your inheritance of joy, peace, brokenness. You can never access it. And we're trying to get people to get free when it's impossible without the freer, without the liberator. The kingdom of God is found in the spirit of life. The spirit of life brings the kingdom of God. I'm going to try to rush this and bring my wife up here, and then I'm going to pause. We're going to ask questions, and I really didn't plan. Because I just felt like I didn't want to go leave this place tonight with un without giving it all to you, but I understand it's just rushing can cause some missing things as well. I'm going to read a few things. Mark 10, for this reason, a man shall leave behind his what? Father and his mother and be joined to his what? Wife and cleave closely to her permanently. And the two shall become what? One flesh so that they are no longer what? Two, but one what? Flesh. The fruit and manifestation of one, two becoming one flesh the way God ordained is through the child. Malachi, Malia, and Micah is a manifestation of me and my wife becoming one flesh. Literally. Literally. <laughs> but therefore, God has united what, God, what principles God has put in the, in the earth. What God has joined together, let no man separate it. When God created man and woman, he created them. And when he created a woman for a man, don't separate that. Don't mess with that. If you have same-sex attraction, cool. But when you start getting into the reproduction, the family, and you start messing with that, you can't possibly say the creator is pleased with that. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It doesn't mean he won't accept you as you are. But don't dare think he love, he, he's pleased or he's going to change his mind. The two becoming one, I said that. Look, Genesis 1. There went in. I, I, hey, hey, y'all ready? Genesis 7. I got to get this to you because you got to see the pattern. Because God had many times to change the pattern, Adam. Genesis 7. He told Noah, I'm about to destroy this whole thing. 
So realistically, I am about to have another Genesis. But he has to abide by his own law. You're following me. Watch Genesis 7. There went in. He said, no, I'm going to destroy everything. This is what you need. You need two and two with Noah into the ark. The male and the female. This was God's perfect opportunity to switch up the game. But once his word was set in motion, he can't change it. And when man tries to change it, we become God or try to be. As God, look, the male and female and Noah did as God had commanded. What would happen if Noah said, I'm cool, I ain't bringing my wife, I'm about to bring Dylan. <laughs> None of us would be here. There's no multiplying. It would have stopped right there. You see what the enemy's trying to do. Look, 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 look. Genesis 7, verse 15. Help me land the plane, y'all. And they went into the ark with Noah. Who is them? Two and two of all flesh in which there were the breath and spirit of what? Lenite. And they that entered what? Talk to me, CC. Look, two, two by two, what happened? Who went in? Male and female. He didn't put one, two, two male animals. He obeyed. Every animal had to have a male and female. Think, we're able to go on safaris because Noah didn't mess with God's creation. We're able to go scuba diving. We're able to go into to Alaska. Why? Way back then, if Noah, if anybody messed with it, guess what would have happened? We would not be able to see creation. But when we start messing with it, we're killing ourselves. God said, I will not destroy humanity, but their sin will destroy them. They're going to destroy themselves. Y'all making me nervous. Male and female. Went in and God had commanded Noah and the Lord shut him in and closed it. The Lord sealed it because it was the covenant. In Christ, the ark of our salvation. Feasting on the flesh makes it all so difficult to find our way back home. I'm about to, the Lord is about to blow your mind and we're going to land a plane on this passage. Feasting on the flesh. We read in 1 Corinthians 6, we read in Ephesians, we read in Galatians. Feasting on the flesh makes it all so difficult to find our way back home. Y'all ready for this? You ready for this? I think Abigail drawing us an ark. I was so excited to see it. Now look. Now look. This is the same passage. This is the only, in the ark is the only place there is life that is about to reproduce. I want y'all to see this. At the end, remember the statement. Feasting on the flesh makes it all so difficult to find our way back home. You can't discover truth. Continuing to chew on the flesh. 
At the end of another 40 days, Noah opened a window of the ark, which he had made, and sent forth a what? Raven. Talk to me. Sent forth a raven, which kept going to and fro, follow me, until the waters were dried up from the land. A raven, as we know ravens, what kind of food they like. Ravens eat on dead stuff. Garbage. They, they come down and get the leftovers after the lion then, then finished off the bison. Right? They Now look. Then he sent forth a dove. That's why I love my father, because he opens our eyes. Then he sent forth, do not miss this revelation. Then he sent forth, so first he sent forth a raven. And the raven went back and forth until the waters were dried on land. Then he sent forth a dove to see if the waters had decreased. From the surface of the ground, meaning the waters began to retreat. Because at this time, the whole earth is covered with water. The earth is flooded. He sends a dove to see if the waters have began to recede. But the dove found no resting place on which to roost. He found no resting place. Mind you, nothing but death is floating around. The raven is feasting. The dove can't find rest. She returned to him, to the ark, to her safety, to her Christ. For the waters were yet on the face of the whole land. Which means death was still floating. So he put forth his hand and drew her in to him into the ark. He waited another seven days and again sent forth the dove out of the ark. He waited another seven days. And the dove came back to him in the evening and behold, in her mouth was a newly sprouted and freshly plucked olive leaf, which means that the water be, had receded and new life is beginning to be birthed. So Noah knew that the waters have subsided from the land. Look. Then Noah waited another seven days, sent forth the dove, but she did not return to him anymore. But the raven stayed out, feasting on flesh. And when we live life in the flesh, it will always keep us out of the ark. You cannot trust what cultures, culture permits. You cannot trust your emotions. What does God say? And as you start to allow the spirit of life to dwell in your soul... You will not find rest in flesh. 
The spirit of life cannot surrender to the desires of the flesh. The carnal man will always find satisfaction in surrendering to the life of the flesh, but will never find refuge. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that again. The carnal man will always find satisfaction in surrendering to the life of the flesh, but will never find refuge. Is your pleasure worth trading for refuge? Is your pleasure worth trading for refuge? Is your pleasure worth trading for your refuge? It is not God who uncovers, it's us that unfollow. Follow, follow. If we allow the word to wash us, the spirit to guide us, and the father to love us, we will experience the renewal necessary to experience the life of the righteous. You can't cast out demons. You can cast out demons, but you can't cast out hormones. It's very important asking God to change your hormones. It ain't going to happen. God does not change the humanity of a person, per se, or shall I say, God takes away guilt, not humanity. <laughs> he gave you the spirit to deal with your humanity. No tradesies. In order to get that new body, you got to die. He gives us the Holy Spirit to have self-control. What? Stewardship over the seed. Sex, sexuality, and marriage, perverted, is an attack against Jesus, not merely marriage. It's not about us, people. We've made marriage about us. Marriage is only a reflection of and should be a reflection of Jesus and his bride. The attack is not against you or your family. The attack is against the body of Christ. Take your name out of it, take your shame out of it, and take your own little desires out of it and understand the attack is against something greater than your household. As my wife comes up, I'm going to um, blitz through some of these scriptures for you to read on your own. For the husband is the head of the wife, of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, himself the savior of his body. As the church is subject to Christ, so let wives also be subject in everything to their husbands. You see this. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her as Christ did. So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her. We read that. That he might present the church to himself. We read that. Even so, husbands should love their wives as being in a sense, but this is the part I want you to get to. For this reason, verse 32, this mystery of husband and wife is very great, but I'm speaking concerning the relation of Christ and the church. The attack is against Christ and his church and how selfish of us to make marriage about us. Marriage should be an institute that reflects 
the relationship and the love of Christ and his church. And we've made marriage about healing our brokenness. And your loneliness and fixing your sexual urges and having your dime piece on your hip. If you can't attack, if you can attack the head, you can, you can get to the body. Yeah. The devil wants us distracted and derailed. Now, now I'll help you. I'm going to help you. And we're going to answer these questions. The devil wants us distracted and derailed so that our witness, Dylan... It's tainted and our light is dim. The devil wants us to discredit the power of the blood, the power of grace, and the power of the Holy Spirit. The devil wants us diluting our faith with worry, anxiety, anger, sadness, lifeless words, fear, and discord. The word means exactly what it says. Galatians 3 says that for itself says he who does them the things prescribed by the law shall live by them. But Christ purchased our freedom. Yeah, come on. He redeemed us from the curse of the law by himself becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone, everybody who hangs on the tree. You go to you go to go to Hebrews 7. It talks about he himself, he himself died once and for all. The law appointed flawed men as high priests, but God's promise sealed with his oath, which succeeded the law, appoints a perfect son who is complete, and in him we are complete. Not in our good deeds. Right. <laughs> Hebrews 10 goes forth and tells us he's forgotten our sins. He's forgotten our transgressions. So then he tells us approach the throne. Transformation happens at the throne. Right. When you're trying to say get perfect before you get to the throne, right. you are paralyzing people. He said you get to the throne because I've forgotten your sin and you are covered by the blood. Yeah. He goes on. And he says in Ephesians 2, for it is by grace that you are saved, delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. Look, not because of works, not fulfillment of the law or the demands, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of what anyone can possibly do. Your salvation is not by you changing from being homosexual and being heterosexual. Who says you're going to go from one thing to another? You might still, you might go from homosexual lifestyle, but still have same-sex attraction and just decide to be single. So no one can pride himself in it. Not you, mom, not you, dad, and not you that's struggling. He did it for you. We are God's own handiwork. It says we are predestined, planned beforehand for us taking paths which he prepared. Just let you know, if you're struggling with any sin, 
he didn't prepare that plan for you. But in Christ, in the same context, as he saved us by through grace, by grace through faith, he prepared the good life. Can't we be saved? And you're not going to box me in to say, can I be saved and gay? Can you be saved and blank? You can't do nothing. You are saved by the precious blood of Jesus. You are saved by one thing, not by your works, but faith in Jesus Christ and his blood and his word. That's it. So if a gay person invites Jesus into their heart and says, Lord, you are my savior. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, I love you. Be my savior. I declare I am the redeemed of the Lord. I declare that by your stripes I am healed. I declare where there was no remission of everybody's sins, I could not be saved. Those words were not preserved for you. Those words were preserved for sinners who decided to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You can go to 1 Corinthians 15. That's why it talks about having a glorified body. Oh, you was born a certain way? Yeah, that's why we must go. Because when you get your glorified body, you won't have them same struggles. Those addictions. those, Those sexual addictions. Abuse. Anger. None of that. Can we be saved? You can be gay and saved, but you can't be in Jesus by faith, through grace, filled with the Spirit, and remain gay. <laughs> that, that's, that's my conviction. Someone who has experienced the love of God, who was born with frailties, deficiencies, chemical imbalances, And it wasn't until I was almost 30, well, I was 30 some years old, 30 years old, that when I began to trust God, not just be saved and go to church, not just have saved family members, but walk by faith and not by feelings and be filled with the spirit of God. There is no way I can walk in continual revelation of his love and remain the same. One does not go to hell because he disobeys God, but because he rejects God by way of faith in the life of Christ. The blood has covered all of humanity's sins once and for all. Faith in the one who purchased our freedom buys us into the insurance and assurance of eternal life. Our dis-ease with humanity's disease doesn't give us permission to retreat out of fear ignorance and a critical spirit thus pushing people away the land speaking of the rock that was struck the land is on the line the Lord said because Moses struck the rock he could not take the people into the promised land 
And I want you to understand the promise that Love Quest and the church is standing on and believing that God is doing and is taking us into, you guys. He does not want to go in there without his children. The promised land is not just for you. So he said, because you displayed anger, I can't allow you to take them into the promise. And Love Quest will not be a church no. that will leave people behind because our fear, our ignorance, yeah. our anger, our shame, our selfishness. God wants all to go in the promise. And guess what? If hint, yeah. we need to renew our minds. Yep. We need to love. We need to stand. And we need to be the salt and light. We don't sell salt and light. We are to be the salt and light. And for the child of God with the struggle to receive the love of God, be free and repent of bitterness and unforgiveness. Trust God's ways. Deny yourself. And while you're struggling with your feelings, Surrender to his ways. And I'm here to tell you, be patient and you will see the salvation of the Lord. I got through all of them slides. Amen. You're going to see someone walk across the screen shortly because he has to get home. Um, I hope you understand my heart that I did not want to. We want to move on to a different topic next week, which is family matters. Yeah. And begin to talk about family and God's intent of family and really help bring healing to families and understanding of what family is and all that. But I think it was very crucial that we got through this. I pray that those that are here and those that are watching, you were blessed in some way. Thank you so much for joining us for this latest episode of our It Done Just Got Real conversation series. We are currently live streaming every single conversation every Thursday night at 8 p.m. on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So head on over to those platforms and follow us at LoveQuest INTL Church. If you would like to be a part of next week's conversation or have any questions for us, feel free to DM us on our social media platforms or send us a text message at 604-398-8828. That's 604-398-8828. Thank you so much once again for joining us. We look forward to having you with us next week. And in the meantime, get your love figs, man. <laughs>